This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Italy's president dissolved parliament following the resignation of Mario Draghi, the prime minister, and called for elections within 70 days. Mr. Draghi will remain in a caretaker capacity until then. He stepped down on Thursday after three parties in his coalition sat out a vote of confidence in his government on Wednesday. He won the vote 95 to 38, but it was a hollow victory. There are 321 senators. The European Central Bank raised interest rates by 0.5 percentage points on Thursday, its first increase in 11 years. The bank also approved a new bond-buying program to try to avert a fresh eurozone debt crisis. The rise was higher than the ECB's pre-announced plan, which proposed an increase of 0.25 percentage points. Germany's energy regulator said that gas resumed flowing west through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline on Thursday morning, at about 40% capacity. On Wednesday, the European Commission encouraged the EU's member states to prepare by cutting their gas usage by 15%. For over a week, Europe has worried that when Gazprom restarts supply, officially halted for maintenance, Russia will reduce flow as retaliation for the EU's support of Ukraine. Amazon said it would buy One Life Healthcare, an American healthcare company, for $3.9 billion. One Life operates One Medical, a membership primary care service that offers both in-person and virtual appointments. Since 2019, Amazon has had some success in the medical market, with its Amazon Care offering. But an earlier joint venture with J.P. Morgan Chase and Berkshire Hathaway, called Haven, failed. President Joe Biden said that the Pentagon thinks it is not a good idea for Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, to visit Taiwan. On Wednesday, China's foreign ministry said it would take strong measures if Ms. Pelosi traveled to the territory over which it claims sovereignty. Mr. Biden himself has made a habit of overstating America's commitment to defending Taiwan's autonomy. China fined Didi, a ride-hailing company, more than $1 billion over vile breaches of the country's data security laws. The fine amounts to about 5% of its revenue in 2021, and would end a months-long investigation into the firm's cybersecurity practices. Didi has struggled ever since it angered Chinese regulators by listing on the New York Stock Exchange last year, despite being told not to do so. American Airlines reported record quarterly revenues of $13.4 billion. The company announced net income of $476 million. When adjusted for one-off events, that made for its first quarterly profit since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite a summer surge in traveler numbers, challenges remain for the airline, including staffing shortages. The carrier predicted a profitable third quarter nonetheless. And fact of the day. 3. The number of days each year that the average European has experienced temperatures above 38 degrees Celsius over the past five years. 
And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Trump plays kingmaker in Arizona. Donald Trump considers Blake Masters, a venture capitalist, to be a great modern-day thinker. On Friday, the former president will host a rally in Arizona alongside Mr. Masters, who hopes to secure the Republican nomination for the upcoming Senate contest in the November midterm elections. Together, they will set out their plans to save America, as Friday's rally is called. Republicans aim to take the Senate at the midterms, and Arizona is one of the few competitive seats up for grabs. With Mr. Trump's backing, Mr. Masters has a good chance of winning the GOP primary on August 2nd. Four-fifths of Republican candidates endorsed by Mr. Trump in open primary contests have won their party's nomination. But Mr. Masters may fare less well in the general election. He recently claimed black people are responsible for gun violence and obliquely endorsed the so-called Great Replacement Theory, warning that Democrats were aiming to change the demographics of our country. Polling suggests Mr. Masters would lose to Mark Kelly, the Democratic incumbent, in November. Mr. Trump may once again be leading his party astray. A Tory Summer Roadshow Friday marks the first day of summer recess for Britain's Parliament. It returns on September 5th, the day the country will also learn the name of their new Prime Minister. On Wednesday, Conservative MPs finished whittling down a long list of contenders to replace Boris Johnson as the leader of their party to two. Rishi Sunak, the former Chancellor, and Liz Truss, the former secretary. Both claim to be Thatcherites, but they are split on fiscal policy. She wants big tax cuts now, whereas he insists they must wait until inflation is tamed. They differ in style, too. Miss Truss is not a fluent public speaker, while Mr. Sunak is polished, albeit sometimes prickly. Their campaigns have kicked into gear. On Thursday, the candidates tried to win over conservative councillors at a private event in London. It is now up to the conservative party's roughly 180,000 members to pick a winner. In an attempt to woo them, Mr. Sunak and Miss Truss will now spend the summer traipsing up and down the country for 12 hustings. The tour will kick off in Leeds, Miss Truss's hometown, on July 28th. She is currently the favorite, and that might give her another advantage. Russia's Long Economic War Any good general understands the importance of morale in a protracted conflict. So does Russia's central bank. After the invasion of Ukraine in February, the bank acted decisively to show it was in control doubling interest rates to 20% to save the ruble. As the currency stabilized, since then it has brought rates back down to 9.5% in four large cuts. On Friday, another more modest cut of 0.5 percentage points is expected. While much of the world is raising rates amid soaring prices, Russia can get away with easing. 
That is because after the initial shock of sanctions, high energy prices have buoyed the economy. The ruple has strengthened against the dollar, helped by a ban on taking money out of the country. Inflation is slowing too. That, though, is partly because Russians are buying less as Western goods disappear from the shelves. Eventually, the stun-gunned economy will become less productive, real incomes will fall, and Russia's central bankers will have to work harder to rally the troops. Twitter's Limbo Earnings Twitter's results, due on Friday, are expected to be mixed. But regardless of what they say, investors' minds will be elsewhere. They will be focused on the social media platform's messy legal dispute with Elon Musk, the billionaire who tried to buy the firm before changing his mind. Twitter's product, user numbers, and revenues have long been disappointing. But Mr. Musk's expression of interest in buying the firm in April plunged Twitter into chaos. Staff revolted at the idea of working for a plutocrat. The promise of a $44 billion payout for shareholders kept things moving. But earlier this month, Mr. Musk rescinded his offer. Twitter is now in the unenviable position of trying to force a reluctant buyer to seal the deal. Its lawsuit against Mr. Musk is off to a good start. Despite his attempts to delay the trial until next year, a judge has ordered the hearing for October. In arguing against the delay, Twitter's lawyers said that the protracted uncertainty inflicts harm on Twitter every hour of every day. Nope is a maybe. Jordan Peele the writer and director of Us and Get Out, which earned him an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, has made another comedy drama with a very short title, Nope, released in America on Friday. Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer star as siblings who spot a flying saucer. Desperate for money, they set about becoming the first people to take an irrefutable photograph of an alien spaceship. Despite that simple premise, The film is the most wide-ranging of Mr. Peel's oeuvre. Nope is sprinkled with interludes concerning the Wild West, animal training, child stars, social media, and the erasure of black people from Hollywood history, all of which are shot beautifully by cinematographer Hoyta Van Hoytema of Interstellar and Dunkirk. The result is intriguing, if sometimes rambling. Mr. Peel struggles to weave everything together, but he is the rare Hollywood filmmaker who has too many ideas rather than not enough. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which rock festival was the subject of a song written by Joni Mitchell? Thursday. Which 1950s American sitcom 
was voted Best TV Show of All Time in a 2012 poll. The Winners of Last Week's Crossword Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were Asia, Anand Mahajan, Mumbai, India, North America, Leslie Apaya, Denver, United States, Europe, Laura Sedman, Vienna, Austria, Africa, Las Herdien, Cape Town, South Africa, Oceania, Orson Posse, Canberra, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Pope Francis, Panama, Rhino, and Secret. There were no entries from Central or South America. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy, who was born on this day in 1890. Life isn't a matter of milestones, but of moments. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.